you can't copy Wes Anderson because yeah. if you copy Wes Anderson, you're copying Wes Anderson. There's That's no it. like you can't you can watch Wes Anderson and appreciate Wes Anderson and like love Wes Anderson, but you can't do Wes Anderson because <laughs> then you're looking like a jerk. From Eagle Radio and Florida Gulf Coast University, this is Full Hall. I'm Luke Janke. Jordan Axelrod is known for, among many other things, playing a mean tuba in Fort Myers High School, where I first met him. Now he's a filmmaker in New York, making huge strides towards producing creative original indie films, like his 2015 short film 710 Split, which received Best Student Film Honors at the 2016 Fort Myers Film Festival. Sorry if he pressured you into this. No, I want to be here. We don't have to do anything you don't want to. Don't let Vince force you to do anything that you don't want to do, just because he says that he's... What are you, what are you talking about? Among other accolades, Jordan recorded a behind-the-scenes video on the stage set of Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical production, School of Rock, and worked with Jason Bateman on his film, The Family Fang. He's been a major contributor to starting the Fort Myers Film Festival and bringing independent talent to Southwest Florida, which is experiencing a boom in culture right now. We met up right before his guest judging session at the TGIM Thank God for Indie Movie Mondays at the Sydney and Byrne Davis Center in downtown Fort Myers, where the audience gets a sneak peek at films being submitted to the festival and even judges them based on a rubric. We get into all that in the interview. So, lights dimmed, title sequence rolling, enjoy the show. What, what thing? What are you working on right now? <laughs> Just life? Of, uh, yeah, of, of trying to get to be a filmmaker for my for my life <laughs> and, and maybe find a way to to support myself by doing stuff related to film yeah yeah I like I'm sorry I've been watching a lot of Billy on the Street on, okay, uh, yeah, on yeah, Hulu yeah. so I'm like go back more than talking uh huh <laughs> what do you what do you think about Anne Hathaway um great actress I like it is this a question this is no. a question I, you know I like Anne Hathaway <laughs> most of the time I think uh she actually, I took some acting classes at the acting school that she went to, so she's like their big selling point. They're like, well, Anne Hathaway went here, so you're going to win an Oscar, too. I, said, I don't think it's going to work like that, sir. Well, well, she has a house on Sanibel, but I don't... She does? Yeah. I don't know that. I've seen it. <laughs> Have you seen her? And no. Yeah, like what in she, person, no. Yeah, what if she, like, never comes? <laughs> she just has it to say, I have a house in Florida. With a plaque. Yeah. Everything's there. With her Oscar. <laughs> just the Oscar <laughs> It's the box. house for the Oscar. <laughs> That's it. So, <laughs> God... So, for those of, uh, for those people at home, uh, can you explain sort of what this whole um, thank God it's uh, Indie Monday thing? What what started it, and what's your role in this, especially today? Sure. Well, uh, this was started. I think this is the sixth year. I think I think this was seventh actually. The seventh. Okay, yeah. So yeah. this last festival was the sixth, and this is the upcoming. This was the seventh. So I guess it's the seventh year that uh, Eric Raditz has been getting people together. It used to, I think it was every, it used to be weekly, and now it's every month, uh, where it gets, gets a crowd of people around, and uh, we watch screenings of films that are submitted for the film festival, and the audience gives, uh, gives their feedback and their, their opinion, kind of like live feed of what, they, what they're thinking. So we watch it, we talk, and we watch some more, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a good night just to get people out seeing things that they've never seen before. And, and, yeah, and, and you'll be judging tonight. Yeah, I'll be judging. So this is, I think, like my fourth time doing it. Which so like every time I'm back for the winter, Eric has me come in and uh, and judge. So it's fun to like 
I don't know, I try not to be like too critical because sometimes like he, like right. sometimes there's like glaring things that if they were adjusted or fixed or thought about more that could make the films uh, films better. Yeah. Do you think this is an important staple, something to build on with um, Southwest Florida um, as a whole regarding like culture? Yeah, I mean, I the first year of the film festival, I vol- I was like a, just a volunteer uh, where I was like serving popcorn just so I could see the movies for free, uh, which is pretty sick. Right. Yeah. So like that's where I started. That's where I met Eric, and and uh, since then I've I've come to become pretty good friends with him. Uh, and I think what surprised me the first time, and I, I my film my first film. For, my, my first film that I had play here played this past year, and uh, one of the things that I, I talked about when I like when I was able to speak about the film is that it was surprising for me, and also very encouraging to find out when I was a senior in high school that there was this community of people that actually cared about film, and it was a reason why I wanted to come back here and show my film here. And this was the where we premiered, and and uh, yeah, it's 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 incredible to know that there's. You think because you think it's not here. You don't think there's a community of people that actually care about art in the way that you do, yeah. or in, in film in, in particular. Because there's so many movies that, that come out that you just, to me, are not art. And I, I think to a lot of people listening, probably realize they're not. They're commercial, bastardized right. videos. And uh, but here it's you got people that really care about thinking when they watch something, or thinking when they experience a, a work of art. And uh, it's cool to know that they're here. That's funny because I was actually going to ask you how you feel about indie movies compared to like big block, like blockbuster hits, and uh, sure. you know what what sets indie movies apart from that, and what do you think makes them better? Yeah, well, I see. I have arguments with my family because they <laughs> they would prefer I like wanted to make the big blockbuster film so right. I could like maybe pay back my student loans. <laughs> and this, I mean, first of all, that's like totally unrealistic that you yeah. could do that uh, with your movies. But for me, with the indie world, you have a lot more opportunities to to take risks and to take chances and make movies that like would not be made they couldn't be made commercially because the the uh, the, uh, the the commercial value I guess of it is so small like, there, there's a film that I love from this year uh, made by a small independent filmmaker named Iris Sat oh he's not small he's, he, but he's, he's a, a New York based oh. indie filmmaker that's made films that would never play here but play all around like the art cities in yeah. New York and LA and uh, he makes a film that takes, it's about two boys called Little Men, about two young boys and their friendship in Brooklyn. And it has characteristics of like a 1950s Japanese film by like Yasujiro Ozu. It's like that. And you, you see the movie and, and it has this incredible like emotional impact because it's so simple in what it's saying. But because of that, it's kind of goes back to like the Zen where like it's so simple on the outlook, but it's so vast. But right. that stuff, you're never going to get that at your Regal. Like you're, you're lucky if you get like Jackie, and that's like about Jackie Kennedy, you know. And I mean, that's an incredible art film, very strange, but I love it. Like uh, uh, Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, Manchester. Yeah, these, which I think is is unbelievable. That's that's my, my favorite movie. Of the, it's probably my favorite movie of the year. Okay. Uh, yeah, these films, you were lucky that we get them here. Like, you shouldn't feel, you should want these movies. These should be, these should be in our, like, you, we shouldn't have to wait till the fall to be able to get good films. We right. shouldn't, we shouldn't. Our summer blockbuster shouldn't be filled with these mindless bubblegum popcorn fillings that like don't say anything about why we're here man that's what art is you know it's like why <laughs> the art the art industry the artistry is not there anymore which yeah. is you gotta, gotta make what you want yeah because the thing is is that people want to see something that's personal because if it's how there's a there's a filmmaker I'm, and I've been researching I'm, 
late, well, I kind of go, I like to look at Richard Linklater and see who he was inspired by, and then, right. then go to Tarkovsky. He said something along the lines of like, if you make something that, if you if you take an image and it's something that's personal to you, and it can be any, it could be like like a, like Linklater used an example of like a, like a can of like a, whatever, like a can of soda. If you shoot that and that's personal to you, like the power of cinema will make that resonate with people. So it's the more personal you get, and I think that Seinfeld says about his his uh, his comedy is like the more specific you get, the funnier it is. It's like the more personal, the more specific, the more effective it can be because if it works for you. And what you're seeing, it's going to work for other people. I, th- I think when, not, maybe not everybody, but like there will be somebody. If something if something affects you emotionally, somebody else will be affected by it. I yeah, think. that's a big inspiration, Seinfeld. There, I actually saw Seinfeld at Barber B. Man a few yeah. a few weeks How ago. Was he? He, was, he was he was all right, but I guess the humor didn't get me as much as the star power. Yeah, I'm like wow, like I'm it's this Seinfeld. close to Seinfeld. It's unreal. My roommates and I, we just, all we do is, well, when we had Hulu, we would just Seinfeld every night. It's like, it's a great show. It's the best show. Yeah. yeah. What's the deal with Seinfeld? I don't know. He's very funny. Very specific. <laughs> He's very specific. Very specific. Um, I guess we've been talking about indie films, but I haven't gotten to your career. So, uh, talking to the mic, uh, you're actually a film laureate, if you will, of, of the Film Fest, is that correct? For your film, uh, 710 Split? Yeah. Yeah, what yeah, was, yeah. Can you tell me what that was about? My film? Well, yeah. Okay, uh, so my film was, it was about, it's been a while, I've kind of like put it to rest. <laughs> uh, it, it takes place in a bowling alley on a quiet night in a small town, uh, and it follows four different characters over one night, and, and these two parallel stories, so there's one where this, this college graduate comes back to his hometown, and uh, he's meeting up with an old buddy from his, of his from high school, and he's setting, getting set up on a blind date. So we have like that tension while while we're waiting for that for the girl to show up, and then on the other side of the alley, we have the manager who sees that there's young girls in the alley playing alone, and she forms this bond that uh, gets interrupted uh, later in the night. So you gotta see the movie. Gotta, it's on. It's on Vimeo. It's on. It's on yeah, Vimeo. It's on Vimeo. Yeah, and that one uh, was it. Best student film honors yeah. last year. That's pretty cool. Can you go into sort of? what you've been working on since you graduated. I think it was even before you graduated about um, working, you know, on a school of rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, and the other film that you worked on, uh, The Family Thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, so I'll start with Family Thing because that was, that was earlier. That was after my sophomore year of school. And uh, what I did, it was through an internship that I had in a production company doing, like, development and, like, reading scripts and giving feedback. So I would go in once a week to do that. But then this was a film that they were, Family Thing was a film that they were doing uh, after or that summer, so I was able to get on as like a production office intern, which is like building IKEA furniture. But then eventually the shoot came around, and uh, then I was put in as a pro- po- or, no, sorry, a production assistant intern. So like that's doing a job that's like kind of the lowest job on set, but very crucial. Right. But I wasn't getting paid for it. So for me, I'm like here all summer working for, for free, which is fine. But I wanted like I wanted to really learn something. So what I did is I talked to the uh, DP, who's the director of photography, so kind of like the second in command. Uh, in, in charge of the image of the film, and I asked him if I could be on his in his his department. So I was able after the first week of the shoot, work in the camera department as an intern. So we like lay the cables out for the cameras and do all that. Right. But uh, when you weren't working, like once once the we set up the shot and everything, we got to stand behind like Jason Bateman, who was the director and also the star of the film, and watch him direct the movie. So I could like stand right behind him and like watch the monitor. That was pretty sick. It, so it was cool to cool to see the and, and I mean this was. Considered an independent film, it didn't it didn't do too well in, in theaters. It didn't it didn't come down here, 
but uh, but it's cool to see a big film like with with legit people. We have like the production yeah. designer on Nicholas Wine and Reffin's film. She was the production designer Beth Mickle. Uh, legit, Ken Sang, just a Deadpool. He was the DP. It's like these are legit people that we were yeah. working with, and uh, yes, to get that experience was uh, pretty incredible. And, and yeah, it's cool to like see the see the final film, and like your name comes up in the credits, like at the very end. <laughs> like, so you were in the credits. Yeah, as as a in, as a intern somewhere, production intern or something. Yeah. yeah. But then a uh, school of rock, yeah. something that actually I just wrapped up on because I've been there for like just fourteen months, fifteen months, and I got in there while they were in rehearsals for their Broadway production. And it's Andrew Lloyd Webber's newest show that he adapted from the film. And I was like their video guy. So I, I, they gave me a camera and a, and a like, small sound setup. And I was able to just, like, whenever, I, whenever they had an event going on or if ever I just wanted to go and like, interview some of the cast, I would, just, I would head over there, go to the theater district and shoot some of the rehearsals. Or, or like I went to them to, when their Today Show performance. And I made, ultimately, I made this, this like, 25-minute documentary piece that was just shared online in, in honor of their, their first anniversary on Broadway. So that's on like broadway.com and yeah. so it was pretty cool to see stuff on there. But, uh, but yeah, and other things I made, just like for their Facebook page, to kind of track the year and be a guy, for me it was, because they have a lot of like, like theater websites that have their video companies, but for me it was cool to, to be like the guy that like I got to know the cast over the full year. So by the end of the, yeah. so by the, end of the time, it, the piece is... Uh, I think it works best because it can, you see the, that they were open as open as they could be because I because yeah. I knew these guys for for over for this whole time so it was pretty it's cool to see like a Broadway show like come to be what it is and it's right. I think it's a great show and to see I, I met Andrew like remember very briefly but because uh, I had to shoot like a quick video for him right. uh, apologizing for for not being able to make it out to to California but uh, but yeah it was cool to to be in his presence and just to see. These people all working like it was. It was good for for me as a as someone who wants to, to write and direct their own things because you see, you see these people and, and this is Broadway. This is this is as big as it gets. Who all care so much about the story that they're telling that they're all putting in their all. So you it kind of makes you think. It's like well, I gotta write stuff that's as good. It's worthy of people wanting to put in their all. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot. It is a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's why that's that was one of the best experiences uh, getting that experience. Getting that realization, and then uh, yeah, and then just spending time with those people. And I'm hoping I just they just finished me up uh, with my video stuff for them. But Andrew Lloyd Webber's company has a new producer that's teaming up with them. So I just sent them some of my video work. So I might be doing some more of his shows in the uh, spring. That's so I'm waiting to hear back. Yeah. Um, where do you see yourself going in the future with your career? Um, do you see more musical roles, or maybe not like? Yeah, but with shows, yeah. Right, or um, do you want to continue doing more, like, film stuff? Yeah, uh, I mean, I would do the musicals for money to be able to, <laughs> to finance my own films. I right. want to be making films. I, because, uh, like, in New York, you're kind of inundated by both, both sorry, both communities. Both. both. You're good. <laughs> you're inundated by both communities, uh, both theater and film, and I kind of got to be, like, a mishmash of both of those doing what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, and as much as I love the theater world and I love theater and I keep going back to it, I love movies, man. So I, I, that's that's the ultimate goal. So like I, I teamed up. Well, I don't team up, but I, I, I <laughs> that sounds much more official than it was. I sent an email out of the blue to a filmmaker that I really liked, and I uh, worked as a PA and then kind of somewhat of like an assistant director, associate producer on the tail end of a shoot of a film that he finished up in Paris, or he, he was shooting in Paris, finished up in New York, uh, and he had made like seven seven feature films before that, and I. Like small budgets, but I really like this guy's work. Yeah. Uh, so I got to work on his film, and then I did like the subtitles for the French portion of the film. And he's doing a web series that he's shooting in May. That he, 
I might be like somewhat involved in the producing side of that. Yeah. So like that's that's something in the near future. And then I have, I'm trying to write a feature film that I can shoot here at Fort Myers. That's the that's like a goal of mine to like get something here, something small, probably like definitely in the indie realm, but something. Can I can I suggest something? You yeah. should write. You should definitely write a film about the uh, the Koreshians down south. Yeah, that's a crazy cold, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. I wrote a screenplay when I was like 13. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. It's crazy stuff. It's like a legit cult. No one even talked about it. And you can go there and like see those, like the little huts they had or the houses. It's weird. Real houses, yeah. It's weird stuff. Yeah. It's, Everyone's dead now, but yeah. it's it's a great cult. Yeah. I, I, I got to look more into it, but I know that it is a cult. I know it's it's there. I'm um, just saying it would make a great, a great, great film. film. Yeah. Yeah. I'll look into it, dude. <laughs> yeah. uh, It'd yeah. be on site. On site? Yeah. Yeah, man. And then, uh, then I have one other idea uh, that I'm, I'm, it's, I don't know if I can say it yet because it's not official. <laughs> Secret first here on Full Pulp. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a film, uh, when I get the news, if I get the good news, I'll, I'll let you know and you can add it in. Because it's right now, it's like so not, not legit. Okay. <laughs> but I've, I, I'm, it's a singer-songwriter that died in the early 2000s that I want to make a, uh, a feature film about the, la- the creation of his last album when he knew he was dying of cancer. And... Uh, buddy of mine found the phone number <laughs> off the desk of the place that he works yeah and that's all I'll say because otherwise people can get fired but I got this phone number I've been working for months to find uh-huh. and I've been in touch with the guy who owns the rights and uh, he told me he's going to talk to the guy's son to see if I can maybe get the life rights to write this film which would be really sweet that's something the, I mean the guy's like a big guy but uh, that's a big deal yeah story personal to me just because of uh something that happened to my family so I have like my own emotional connection to it and the music is like incredible so I'd love to yeah if that comes to fruition <laughs> well we'll see it's I, I got him on the phone and we spoke but it's, it's not official just yet and it's not Michael Jackson no it's not it's, it's not Michael Jackson we have enough Michael Jackson we have enough Mi- yeah no it's it's a guy uh, not that when I tell people not everybody knows who's, who's, who he is I'll tell you when we're off the record sure sure but, uh, but so the people who do know are like big fans It's he's a guy that that Wrote a lot of music for a lot of other people, and uh, and wrote some songs that people do know really well. But his his real genius was not appreciated by as many people as it should have been. Yeah. So I want to show that. You know. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll see. Um, anything else you want to add for the podcast or anything? So this is this is like the kind of going back to the family thing experience, and uh, when I was like in that position that I wasn't really learning like you weren't learning that much and. And I was able to get into the camera department. I, so I think for anyone who wants to, who, who's an artist, especially in film, where it's it's so hierarchical, it's like it's great. It's nuts. You gotta work your. They say you either gotta work your way up yeah. from the bottom, or just like do it. So for me, I'm kind of I've approached it both ways. It's mm-hmm. like I just do it, and I'd like try to make those connections. So if you're in a position where you're not learning anything, and like if you're if you're giving your time and you're and if you're not getting paid. And you're not learning anything, you find a way to learn stuff. So, like, yeah. if you're in that low, like, PA position, which is not a bad place to be if you're getting paid, but you can be working in the camera department and learning your everything that happens on set. Yeah. Like, if you want to do it, you just gotta do it. You gotta like, you can't take you can't take crap from anybody. You gotta if you you gotta prove to people that you want to learn. Yeah. And, and don't be rude about it, but you have to prove to people if you want to to do something that requires an immense amount of knowledge and years and people are people are in their 60s making films and still learning about what they got to be doing yeah. like, that's what that's how you, you still gotta make, be assertive right you got to be assertive with what you want uh and then and the same goes for uh for making your own stuff like if you're like i made a weird movie seven ten splits a weird movie but 
it was what I felt like I needed to make at that time. And, and don't be afraid to make it because if you're making that weird thing, it's going to be different. And you don't want to, because yeah. you don't want to be like that blockbuster summer hit that's playing by the painting by the numbers and filling in the blanks on that three act story structure sheet. Because like that's boring, you know. Do what you want. It might not work for everybody, but there will be one person or two people, three people, four people that see what what you did, yeah. and they'll be like, "Holy crap, that's like I've been through that experience before," you know. And, and that's what that's what we should want to do. We want to show people things that they've experienced and maybe a way to process them or or. Uh, I don't know, experience them in a new way and uh, live their lives. Yeah. Well, I'll, I think a great thing about, and these are blockbuster hits, but I think I'm starting to see a trend of movies that speak more toward minorities and more, like uh, Moonlight was yeah. a great. Moonlight's incredible. Um, I think that's also important is to just kind of the diversity. Right. Do, you, do you think that's a good thing? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's, that's what you got to do. You got to, we have to, we're trying to see the whole world. And the film has the ability to show us the whole, even, even if you're shooting your small community, you're showing us a piece of the world that we don't get to see. And Moonlight, I think one of the, well, I mean, Moonlight, even though it shows this, this small portion of the world and this, this community, uh, it's, it's as universal a story as, say, I don't even know, whatever, like, like take Manchester by the Sea. I mean, sure. it's like, it's, there's, that's, that community is, is primarily white. It's, it's New England, and, and, and that's not to its fault, but but for both of those films, we see two enormously different communities. But we see their hardships, we see we see their joys, we see their loves, and that's what we want. That's that's showing real life. No matter where what you're showing, if you're showing Manchester by the Sea, that's not going to be any more commercially successful than Moonlight. Yeah. Show what you know and, and show what you want to see or what you want to explore. It's it's uh, be open to everything because you never know what's gonna what's gonna resonate with people. And uh, I, I'm glad that Moonlight is resonant because that's a movie that needs to resonate with people. Yeah. And, it, and it has, which is incredible. Sorry, I'm just seeing if it's still running. It is. Nice. Okay, one more. Yeah. Wes Anderson. What's the deal with him? I like Wes Anderson. Okay. I think he's, he's a lot of fun. He's like his, the thing is, is though, you can't copy Wes Anderson because no. if you copy Wes Anderson, you're copying Wes Anderson. There's that's no, it. like you can't, you can watch Wes Anderson and appreciate Wes Anderson and like love Wes Anderson, but you can't do Wes Anderson because <laughs> then you're looking like a jerk. But yeah. there's like other filmmakers you can kind of like take, you can take homage from or you can pay homage to and, and, and show your respect. Uh, but Wes Anderson, you can't. <laughs> like, <laughs> Look back, like look back further. Like I don't know. Like look at like Scorsese has Silence coming out, which is I saw it up at the museum in New York. Yeah, it, it's I'm not familiar. It's but. it's this, it's a film about Jesuit priests going into Japan to find another priest that that went missing, and he's taken he's taken from Tarkovsky, from Bergman, from from uh, Kurosawa. Like there are shots that are like straight from Kurosawa. Yeah, but because. It has the weight that Kurosawa has. Like that's why. Like I'm not crazy about La La Land, which some of the, the listeners. Everyone loves La La. Everyone loves. La, I don't like La La Land <laughs> because because it does this because it, it's in your face about showing this is what we do or it's, it's showing look at who we're paying homage to, and it's not doing that nearly as effectively as the old as the old films do. Yeah. So, but when you have something like Silence, which is paying homage to like how Kurosawa would have shot something, how Tarkovsky would have shot something, but doing it with masterful technique. Holy crap! You're watch. You know you're watching someone something that only Scorsese could make right now, because he's Scorsese, and, and right. he's the only person that would be allowed to make something like this. Would be given the budget to do something as magnificent as this. Uh, so yeah, so pay homage to the to big guys. And Wes Anderson's a big guy, but at this point you can't copy him. It's it's 
too obvious. I think it's it's, it's not a, it's it's not doing your own thing. It's it's being old too. Uh, maybe, um, maybe in like thirty years. Maybe thirty years, like when he's when he's like moved on from his own style. Yeah. If he if he ever does, like, I'd love to see like hard hitting Wes Anderson drama. He's gonna follow J.J. Abrams. Maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna predict that and do a Star Wars movie. <laughs> a Star Wars movie directed by Wes Anderson. I'd see it. I didn't see Rogue One, but I'd see that. I want to thank our special guest, Jordan Axelrod, for taking the time to be on the show and also managing to get me a free gin and tonic at the Thank God for Indie Movie Mondays. It was, in a word, cerebral. Special thanks to the Eagle Radio team for promoting the show this week and dealing with my hit-or-miss schedule. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new interview. It's season two, and we've been working really hard over the break to track down only the best unknown talent from Southwest Florida. We've got talent like R&B singer Yoko from Cape Coral, DJ Malik, who did the Dunk City music videos, and so much more. You're not going to want to miss it, and if you know an artist who would like to be featured on Full Pulp, we'd love to hear from them. Send an email to lfjanky, that's lfjanky, at gmail.com. We're always looking for more guests and hidden talent. Full Pulp is distributed by Eagle Media.